Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. It's one of the questions you immediately wonder from the moment you find out you're pregnant. Is it a boy or a girl? And sometimes that sense of anticipation is met with disappointment if it's not the gender you were hoping for. How should you handle these emotions? Should you have more children and try and get the gender you wanted? I'm Rachel Rainbow, author of the Sage Parenting Book, and this is Preggy Pals, episode 44. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating? I think I just peed myself. I'm pregnant and I have to exercise. What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? (laughs) Gotta make these pants fit. I've got kinkles. What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. I'm your host, Sunny Galt. Have you downloaded our amazing Preggy Pals app? This is a great way to listen to our shows on the go, and they are available in both the Amazon and iTunes marketplace. Or did you miss an older episode of Preggy Pals? Then you can join our Preggy Pals Club. You'll get access to all of our archived episodes, transcripts, and special bonus content after each show. Our club members even get a one-year free subscription to Pregnancy magazine. You can visit our website for more information and to sign up. So let's introduce all of our panelists here in the studio. You guys know me. I'm Sunny. I have two little boys at home and uh, my oldest is about two and a half and my youngest is nine months. And I'm Shell and I have two little boys at home too. My oldest is also two and a half and my youngest is one. And we found out, actually, that our oldest were born on the exact same day. Mm-hmm. Crazy. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> different hospitals, though, yeah. even though we're still in San Diego. Different hospitals. <laughs> so we understand what's yes. going on here, right? <laughs> um, and Rachel, I know you have three boys. So Yes, Rachel Rainbow, 30. I'm the author of the Sage Parenting book. And I have three boys who are seven, four, and one. Okay, and Annie. I'm Annie Laird, and uh, I'm 34 years old. I have two little girls. One is seven, and one is seven months today, and she's with us in the studio today. She's making some little noises. (laughs) She's so precious. And she's wearing blue today in honor of our gender disappointment today. (laughs) (laughs) Sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. All right, here is a headline that is making rounds around the internet. And um, it's 
involving ultrasounds, specifically 4D ultrasounds. And they've done some studies um, about babies yawning, I guess, and them catching this on a video in these 4D scans. It says researchers who studied 4D scans of 15 healthy fetuses also said they think yawning is a developmental process which could potentially give doctors a new way to check in on a baby's health. Of course, whenever our babies do anything in 4D, we think it's the cutest thing ever. So, um, of course, this video is very popular amongst new mommies online. So I thought I'd kind of open this up to you guys. Since we're talking about gender disappointment today, um, a lot of us had that disappointment in an ultrasound setting. So did you guys have an ultrasound? And did, did you see anything interesting in the ultrasound? Yeah, we, we did. We had the um, early one with my oldest because I was so anxious to find out if he was a boy or girl. And then with my second, we didn't. We didn't have the 40 because I don't think I wanted to know. <laughs> I wanted to keep waiting. it, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to keep it at bay. But yeah, he he made some cute faces in the 40. Okay, so even at 20 weeks, your normal 20 mm-hmm. weeks, you didn't we find did the, it out with a second? We did. We oh, found it at 20 at weeks. Second. We did. Okay. Um, we just did that one for the gender. Right. But the, yeah, the 40 one was pretty fun for my oldest. Right. He did some pretty cute faces, and that was at 16 weeks. So it was kind of crazy to see something that tiny doing yeah, some fun stuff for sure so Rachel what was your experience um just thinking they were the cutest babies that ever existed <laughs> <laughs> even though you know they're like little alien blobs but they were the cutest alien blobs I've ever seen I know right <laughs> yeah thumb sucking and yawning mm-hmm. and it's yeah. so funny how everybody even when they watch the videos or the pictures they try to like extrapolate personality oh, traits like my first had his hands above his head and we're like oh he's so chill <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny I think it was like a a really early ultrasound for me, like a 12-weeker or something like that. And this was with my firstborn. And um, they actually got a, a photo. The baby was moving around all over the place. But they got a photo of the baby um, kind of doing a military <laughs> salute, which was interesting because my husband has a background of being a Marine. Oh. And so I just thought it was the cutest thing ever. You know, I'm sure, obviously, no concept that he was doing a salute. <laughs> but it was, it was kind of he was really exceptionally cool patriotic. Yeah. He was. was. All right. Well, thanks for sharing your opinions, ladies. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Today we are talking about a topic that is not talked about a lot, and that's gender disappointment. This topic actually comes from one of our listeners. This email is from Lana, and Lana writes, Hi, I'm pregnant with my third child, and while I don't know for sure yet, I think this will be my third girl. This is disappointing to me in many ways, even though I know it shouldn't be. I started to explore the idea of gender disappointment, and I find it quite fascinating. I'm also amazed by how many people have assumed we only got pregnant to try for a boy, and how many assume that 
once you have two of the same gender, you will only ever have the same gender. I think this would be a great topic to do on the show because there seems to be a lot of people out there with these feelings and many people dismiss them out of hand and it makes them even more harmful. I'm a nice, normal mom with great girls that never thought gender disappointment was even a thing, much less something that would affect me. I think this will make a fascinating topic. All the best, Lana. Lana, thank you so much for this email. We think this is a pretty fascinating topic, too. Rachel Rainbold is our special expert. She offers great parenting advice through her website, Ohana Wellness. She's also the author of the Sage Parenting Book, and we're actually going to give away a copy of your book to our listeners. You guys can visit the giveaways portion of our website to sign up. So welcome to the show, Rachel. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So again, I think maybe we should put out kind of a disclaimer off the top here because, and Rachel, I know you talk about this in your book, and that is, of course, we want healthy babies. That is the most important thing. I want to put that out there so we don't feel like every time we say we wanted a boy or we wanted a girl that we've got to say, but it's a healthy baby. And I'm really thankful for that right? Because we get it. We get it. And I'm really glad we're talking about this because I feel like it is hush-hush. It's like if you feel disappointment, you somehow, maybe you shouldn't be pregnant then. Yeah, you're ungrateful. And there's a lot of shame associated with that. And having the shame and guilt on top of it doesn't help to process the disappointment that you are feeling. Well, and again, I know you mentioned this in your book, but tell us a little bit about your personal experience with gender disappointment. I have three boys. (laughs) End of story. <laughs> Period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My husband and I kind of, I mean, I grew up just always assuming I would have a daughter. I, I was raised with all sisters um, and my mom and it never had really boys around. And I just had always assumed I would have a girl. My husband and I always wanted a daughter. We never really even considered the possibility that we would have a boy. I'm not yeah. sure why, but <laughs> we would just talk about our future daughter. And then, boy, times three <laughs> so and, and then but your husband even from the very beginning wanted a girl yeah wow yeah he was raised with all boys and I was raised with all girls and we both just were in the girl camp and yeah. decided that, that, like we could just will it to happen that, <laughs> that we would have all daughters and um it, it didn't work out that way yeah okay so maybe we should kind of go around the room a little bit and tell about our own experiences so Shell what was your experience <laughs> well I have two boys And um, with my first, I didn't really care one way or the other. I was perfectly happy with either and was excited that I was having a boy. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I found out I was pregnant with number two, it was girl, girl. Everything was girl. I just assumed it would be a girl because I already had a boy. Well, the odds are in your favor. Isn't it like 51% of the population is women? Absolutely. (laughs) And I felt like, you know, my husband wanted a boy so bad. He got a boy. So it was my turn. And I, you know, I wanted a girl. And it was, I didn't even... It didn't even enter my mind that I could have another boy. And so, you know, I had another boy. (laughs) Were you upset when you found out that your first was a boy? No, not at all. At all. With my first, because I, you know, I kind of wanted one of each, or at least I did. I, we still don't know if we're done having kids, but, you know, I feel like. When I was pregnant with my second, I remember feeling like this could be my last baby. This could be like my last chance to have a girl. And oh my gosh, what am I going to do if it's a boy? And yeah, found out it was a boy. And it was was definitely disappointing for a little while. (laughs) What did did your husband want? Boy. 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 He's perfectly happy with his two boys. Now, is he like a manly man kind of guy? Because my husband is. He is is terrified of daughters. Okay. Okay. Terrified. There's a common denominator. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think he would not have known what to do with a girl. 
Well, and I think for a lot, <laughs> I think that's the case for a lot of yes, men, honestly, absolutely. which is Rachel why I asked you that question about your husband. Yeah. I find that so fascinating that from the very beginning, he wanted to have a girl. Well, he said he loves me, and so he wouldn't mind <laughs> having a little bit of Maybe so that explains sweet. why my husband oh. didn't I'm getting, I'm, getting, I'm getting a cavity over here from all the sweetness that's going on. Okay, <laughs> Annie, tell us a little bit about your situation. Well, my oldest daughter, we found out we, via the ultrasound that we are having a daughter, and everyone, oh. my mom has a direct line to God. So she prayed, <laughs> she, she prayed for her granddaughter, and that was the first first grandbaby on either side of the family so everyone was very happy with number one and then number two uh i guess i just wanted a boy i assumed oh it's just gonna and i didn't have an ultrasound uh with my second child but i just assumed oh it's just gonna all go to plan and we bought i bought uh blue clothes <laughs> oh, wow. and we had a boy's name picked out and then um it was two weeks before about a month before um my daughter was born and uh my grandmother was in very ill health very old 91 years old and uh when my aunties asked her well what is annie should she call the baby and my, my grandma was very ill by this time kind of um senile uh-huh. and said well annie's gonna have a little girl and she's gonna name her lucy and oh. we're like okay that's it grandma's grandma's you know a lot long for this world you know obviously she doesn't know what she's talking about yeah so then she passed two weeks later two weeks after that i gave birth to a girl uh, my birth photographer was in here for a previous yeah. episode of yeah. Peggy pals caught a great just shot of my of of my of my face. <laughs> shot. Um, that was the first. It was, a, it was she got a picture of Lucy being born, and then she scanned over to my face and just I, I looked just floored. Uh, <laughs> you know, just like what? Like, what happened to the girl? penis? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But, but at least you know, with Grandma, she you had the she, name picked up. We had the name picked up. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> with yeah, she did tell me out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome though that she kind of named her. That's really exactly. sweet. Yeah. Did yeah. you know right in an instant that you were going to use that name? Like right well, when she uh, came Yeah, I mean it was a joke because my last name is Laird. Uh-huh. You know, so I was like, oh, Lucy Laird. It'd be like Lucy Lou or Lucy Lawless or Zena <laughs> the Warrior Princess. I mean, like, what a ridiculous name. We would never use this name. <laughs> and, then, and, and then she was born. We're like. Lucy, of course. Lucy, I mean, plug your it. ears, honey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, so, Rachel, uh, should we be embracing our feelings, whatever they are, or are we supposed to hide them? I, I don't feel like we're supposed to hide them, but anytime I'm outwardly, you know, expressive of me having two boys and wishing that I had a girl, um, I feel like I get with a lot of anger. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think feelings are never wrong or bad. So whatever you're feeling... Um, recognize that and honor that and that's how you can kind of process it and move on if you just deny it and just cling to oh it's a healthy baby so Mm -hmm. everything's great you know Mm -hmm. like the rest of the world is telling you you should feel then you're not really going to be able to heal that and move forward so I think you definitely need to recognize it and acknowledge it and and sit with it for for a little bit of time allow yourself a little bit of time to grieve at least for me that's the word that really described how I felt I felt like I lost a daughter that that I never had and, yeah. and that I never will have and I, that's a really hard for a lot of people to understand but that's okay I mean 
a lot of people won't understand all kinds of experiences that you have in life, but Mm -hmm. don't deny yourself those feelings because other people don't understand them. Right. I think you brought up a really good point, and that is it's okay to take some time for yourself Mm -hmm. to grieve or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually had to do that um, after we found out, because we found out at about 20 weeks that our second baby was a boy. And my husband and I were in the ultrasound. It actually, you know, (laughs) Rachel, some some of my situations and my um, experiences are so similar to yours. (laughs) Because I'm reading, you know, in your book, (laughs) and you're talking about being there in the ultrasound, Mm -hmm. and they start typing the word boy or penis on the screen. I had an out-of-body experience at that point. I was like, wait, you're wrong. You're wrong, because I know this has to be a girl. Yes. And then I was just like... I just didn't even know what to think. And I could feel, and I felt so bad about this. I've actually blogged about this on the Preggy Pals website. I could feel a tear mm-hmm. roll down my cheek. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I thought, oh, my God, why Why am I crying? Why is this? It was uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. I had, mm-hmm. and I didn't bust out and start wailing or anything. Right. You're but, not hysterical. <laughs> no. But, yeah. but I could feel my husband just kind of gently touch my leg. And he said probably the best thing he could say at that moment was, I guess we're going for number three. <laughs> Thank you. And then I was like, okay, we had got another shot. I got another shot. Um, but yeah, very similar, like out of body, like yeah. time slowed down. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's very, very similar experience it being mm-hmm. in that ultrasound room. And when we found out my second, you know, my first was there also. And then when we found out with the third, oh, the yeah. older two were there. And they, I, th- I think it was important for them to be a part of that. And, you know, they they knew that, um, you know, we would love whatever, whether it was a boy or a girl, we would be so ecstatic. But mommy, you know, would love to have a, a little girl too. You know, I'm kind of, kind of rooting for that. And <laughs> yeah. so they knew that. And, yeah. and when we found out, you know, they were all, we were all holding hands and together. And, and I, I think that allowing other people who are supportive and not judgmental kind of into that bubble with you. Um, can be helpful and, and can be healing, you know, being able to look into the eyes of my boys where they're loving me and, and supporting me. And then being allowed to have their feelings about it, too. How did they feel about it? My oldest wanted a girl every time. Um, <laughs> my second, really easygoing and didn't really have a preference either way. But so I think, I mean, you're... You're role modeling for them, too. You know, life is full of surprises and things don't always go the way you want them to go. And to just pretend like everything's fine and, mm-hmm. and it isn't, doesn't really serve you and it doesn't really serve them either. So right. I think I was comfortable with, with being okay with them seeing a little bit of that sadness and right. seeing me kind of work through it and, and accept their support to get through it and then move on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shell, what kind of support did you have in all of this? Did you reach out to your husband in this, or how did that work? Yeah, I mean, he understood. He knew I wanted a girl so bad, even though he wanted a boy so bad. So I feel like there was a little competition there. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, the doctor, my doctor knew I wanted a girl. And so he, at the 16-week, was like, if I had to make a guess, I would say boy. And he's like, but don't, you know, don't hold hold me to it. It's just, it's still so early. So then at the 20-week, he took a look, and he just kind of looked at me. And didn't even say anything. And I was like, I knew it, you know. But he was like, you know, sorry. You know, what does he say? Sorry. <laughs> sorry, my swimmers went the wrong way. Yeah. And so, you know, it was okay. And I got I got kind of sad. I remember getting in the car and, like, just getting kind of sad. And my husband was like, You're, you know, it's going to be fine. Siler's going to have a brother. Like, yeah. he's going to have a brother. And I think that's what was kind of, you know, 
that turning point was realizing like my my son they're going to be so close in age yeah. and they're going to be brothers together right. that's so cool you know bond. yeah now do you yeah. have a sister at all no i just have a brother yeah and you know my husband has a sister so i think that was also i was like oh boy girl boy yeah. girl that's what we're gonna you know yeah. yeah you know and conversely you both have everybody here has, has boys uh in my work as a labor doula i have dealt with certain cultures where um I don't want to say they're more loved, but having a boy is more, is more, valued. more, yeah. more valued. And yeah. and so that's it's uh it's an interesting kind of work to do when a family of a certain cultural background mm-hmm. has having a girl mm-hmm. and it's not that boy mm-hmm. that they wanted. Uh that yeah. it's it's a it's a real uh, yeah. it's a real problem. It's really something that that uh you know the the parents have to work through. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting that so many women feel and I don't know if it's because we're females too we're women that you know you want to be able to see a little one of you run Mm -hmm. around and whatever I I don't meet as many women I have met some but I don't meet as many women who just want boys you know and don't have that passion Mm -hmm. for a girl so I know we're talking a lot about wanting um wanting girls and getting boys but actually Annie your situation is a little different with you having having two girls and eventually you know wanting a wanting a boy Mm -hmm. you can have one of ours you want to (laughs) just for day just for day (laughs) I'm totally kidding (laughs) do you guys think learning a baby's gender in advance contributes at all to gender disappointment absolutely why why because it's so much harder to be holding. Well, I guess in your experience, it was a little different, right? Yeah. Well, in my case, I just, I didn't find out. I had it so built up that I was having a boy. But you know what? I saw her and I fell in love just immediately. And there was no period of grief. It was, oh my God, look at this beautiful baby. You know, uh, after, after, especially going through uh, natural childbirth as well with no pain medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so then it was, I was in a lot of, yeah. you know, I, I was going through that. And then all of a sudden, all the discomfort went away. I had a baby. Mm-hmm. She was beautiful. And it was, I think that really helped me out. I think that is an exceptional point to make. And I, I'm one of those people that wants to plan everything prior to a baby arriving, especially gender. Um, but I think you have totally converted me in what you just said. And that is, is that if you think you might have a problem with whatever the gender is, maybe you should consider not finding out. And I'm the last person that would ever say that. <laughs> yeah. No, but but it's true. It's the endorphins. It's everything that's going through your body. And how can you deny a gorgeous little baby that just yeah. pops out of you? Well, you I've, know I've heard both sides of that coin. I felt that it was really important for me to find out in advance because I knew that I would be devastated. And I did not want to be devastated on the Mm. day my baby was born, especially Mm. with, like you talked about, like I had a natural childbirth and all of that. That And so those emotions can be very wild Mm -hmm. and and lots of ups and downs. And I didn't want that to be a concern, um, kind of a potential pitfall for me in that post-birth time period. I guess it could go either way. That's a good point. I think it's a very, very personal choice and it can be... um, you know, good for an individual person, either right. either direction. Well, that's a good point to make. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk about what to do if you are feeling disappointed, but your partner isn't, and also what to do when grandparents and other relatives are disappointed. <laughs> we'll be right back. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. 
Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome back. Today we are talking about dealing with gender disappointment. And Rachel Rainbolt is our special guest expert. She is the author of the Sage Parenting book. And you guys can actually get a free copy of that if you head on over to our website. Click on the giveaway section. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about how to deal with this disappointment. Um, Rachel, in your opinion, and we can all kind of contribute to this this question, but is there a wrong way versus a right way to handle gender disappointment? No, not at all. And I think that parallels the question of like, is there a right way or a wrong way to handle grief? Like everybody right. handles it in a different way. And like I mentioned, for me, the feeling was very grief-esque <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the sense that I felt like I had to mourn a daughter that I would that I would not have or this this daughter that I had in my mind that, that doesn't exist. Um, so I really strongly believe that there is no right or wrong way to handle that. Everybody moves through those types of feelings in their own ways. Some people turn outward for support. Some people need some alone time to mm-hmm. kind of sit in it and allow them that time, and then they can move forward. So I think there yeah. definitely is not a right or wrong way. Shell, how did you handle it? Did you spend time with yourself? Did you reach out to people? I, I think I spent more time with myself. I remember driving... I was on my way home to or back to work, mm-hmm. my husband and I both, after the ultrasound. And so I kind of just got in my car and I cried for a second. And that, you know, right at that moment, one of my friends called me because she knew I was at that appointment. And she said, so? And I said, it's a boy. And she said, are you disappointed? And I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we just kind of laughed. And, you know, I feel like by the end of the day, it had already kind of simmered down. Yeah. Because I had that in my head, like, okay, like, I, I kind of knew... I feel like going into it, I kind of knew it was a boy, even though I wanted a girl so badly. Um, And then, yeah, like I said, just knowing that my son was going to have a brother, I think was really what kind of you could focus on me. Yeah, I could. I had something to kind of hang on to, and all right, it's going to be okay. I'm not going to have a girl, but you know, this is going to be so awesome for my for my son. You know, Mm -hmm. so I think that helped. Yeah, I had to take a some I had to take some time too, you know. Just and and I just took like a half a day. You know, our appointment was towards the end of the day and I'm like before we really tell anyone, I think I just need to yeah. mm-hmm. sit with this. And you know, it was really therapeutic. It was really good for me to do that because, you know, like you were talking about Shell with thinking, "Oh my gosh, I've got two boys and they're going to be less than 2 years apart." And I never had I'm, I'm an only child. I never had any of that growing up. So, um, you know, I whether boy, girl or whatever, I just thought, "Wow, that's a really cool relationship." Mm-hmm. They're going to have. Mm-hmm. And so I started really thinking about the positives to yeah. it. But I I needed to come to terms with all of it before I started saying, hey, it's a boy. It's <laughs> like you have built this thing in your, you built this structure in your mind. And that's yeah. like the idea of this, of this life that you're going to have, this mm-hmm. person you're going to have, these relationships that are going to be in your life. Exactly. And then in that ultrasound or right after the baby's born, it's just been shaken and it's just kind of in pieces on the floor. Yeah. And then you have to take a minute to kind of be sad that the, that mm-hmm. structure is now in pieces and then you put it together anew so you you put it yeah. together a, really point. a focusing mm-hmm. on oh that brother relationship or yes. look they're gonna have siblings and, and things yeah. like that so you kind of need to take a minute to reassemble it right. and then you can see the, the good parts of it and, and accept it for what it is what would be your recommendation um rachel if um partners don't necessarily feel the same way like one feels disappointed and the other one doesn't do you just reach out to your friends 
friends that maybe understand you a little bit more and perhaps your your mom or another female or I don't well, know. Well, you have to allow your partner their feelings, whatever they may be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also important to understand that we don't have to feel the same way as our partner to support them in what they are feeling. Right. Um, so one partner can, can be glad that it's a boy and one partner can be disappointed that it's a boy or vice versa and you can still support the other person and I think that's a lot of what a supportive relationship is about. But if you find that you're not getting the support that you want from your co-parent, um, that's that's okay. Turn to someone else for it. Um, reach out to mom's groups. Mm-hmm. Talk to your friends, other family members. Um, you, it doesn't have to be that person who who can kind of reach you. Particularly other moms um, might have a lot of experience with this issue. So reach out to them. Okay. She's definitely following through that women talk more than men. She's falling into the stereotype. I love it. It's so cute. Okay, so what do you do when you're, the disappointment comes from family members? Maybe you're okay with it, um, but your family is the one that's really disappointed. And my story behind this is um, I mentioned that I'm an only child. My husband, I have a sister-in-law. She has three boys. Mm. We have two boys. Mm-hmm. Guess who wants a little girl? Everybody <laughs> wants a little girl. So from the moment I was it's pregnant. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of yeah. pressure. But I put the pressure on myself too, even though, as we talked about before, we don't really determine it's what the gender is. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do. I put the pressure on me. I'm like, oh, maybe we should have tried a different position. <laughs> maybe we should have done something else. I don't know. That whatever we were doing didn't quite work. No, we did every <laughs> position, every diet, the secrets, everything that you could possibly do. It didn't matter. You can buy now. It didn't matter. (laughs) So, for someone that's in my position where you're feeling a lot of pressure from the family, how do you? handle that? I mean, what recommendations do you have? I think that that is a perfect exa- perfect kind of prepper for what it's like parenting a child because a lot of times the grandparents or, or other family members will have all kinds of ideas about what you should and should not be producing in your child. <laughs> and <True. laughs> so I think it's a good primer for you to uh, learn how to communicate with them and establish your boundaries. Um, I'm a big fan of sitting, if it's somebody who's permanent in your life, like a family member, you should have a sit down with them where you say, I really value your role in our lives and the support that you give us and the parenting advice you have to share, the wisdom you have to share. Um, But this is where we're at and you don't have to agree with it, but please respect it. So in terms of that, this is where we're at. You could say, um, we are having a boy. We have worked hard to accept that and find the joy in that and make peace with that. So if you can contribute to that peace and joy, we would love to hear it. Um, if not... Stay away. If not... <laughs> <laughs> stay away. <laughs> okay, a question about having more children to try to have the gender that you want to have. Um I don't know, Rachel, how did you come up with the choice to end it at three? I don't know if this is too personal of a question, but since it relates to gender disappointment, did you think about having a fourth just to try to get that girl or no? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to have four boys. Yeah. Was that really was <laughs> yes. that what you were thinking? Yeah. I mean, yeah. the way that I viewed it, because after we, we thought we were only going to have two. And then after we had our second, I felt, we both felt like we had a little more love to give and a little more room like in our lives. Yeah. And, and a greater house, chance of having a girl. <laughs> and, but we, we didn't decide to have our third until we were 100% in a place where we would be happy um, if it was another boy. I think that if you're looking at that decision, you have to wait if and when you get to the point where you would be 100% happy 
if it was the gender that you already have. Yeah, there's a, uh, when my husband and I lived up in Monterey, California, there was a, a couple in our family, in our church, they had three boys. And they decided, um, unlike you're saying, we're going to go for that girl. We're, keep trying. We're, we're going to keep trying. <laughs> and then they ended up with twins. Twin oh boys. Oh. So then they had five boys. Oh. <laughs> I'm like shaking right now. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so I, you know, I, every time I hear that, I'm like, hmm, you know, I no, think. No, no, I'm and okay with two girls. Exactly. And we, we had all, a bunch of kids over at our house last oh, night, man. and I was uh, with a doula client, and so my husband was at home with four children, and I came home, and he goes, you know, uh, I think I'm good with four. <laughs> I think we're done. He's like, even if they're all girls. I have a that's, friend who has that's five my, girls. That is my limit, you yeah. know. That's and I'm, we're yeah. trying after four. Yeah. After four. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. a lot of people think that, like I said, I have a friend with five girls too, but a lot of people think that with each additional child, like, oh, well, I already have three, so the odds are greater <laughs> yeah. that, but no, it's it not. doesn't work that way. It's, it's still 50-50. <laughs> Mathematically, it does, but. <laughs> it's 50-50 every time. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel and ladies, for joining us today. It was a fantastic discussion. For members of our Preggy Pals Club, this conversation is going to continue as we discuss our thoughts on medically predetermining your baby's gender. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VTW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Before we wrap today's show, here's Jeanette McCulloch with some of the best online pregnancy resources. Hello, Preggy Pals. I'm Jeanette McCulloch of Birthswell. We at Birthswell believe that you as a mother will make the right health decisions for your pregnancy and birth when you have access to evidence-based information and a strong support system. That's why I'm here to share with you new media tools to find the information that's right for you. You may have heard of Ayn Mae Gaskin. She's the legendary midwife who founded the Farm Midwifery Center in Tennessee in the 1970s. She'll tell you just how important it is to hear birth stories, all kinds of birth stories, while you're pregnant. If you are showing, you've probably already heard more than one unsolicited birth story. If it was well-meaning, but felt a little more like a war story than a love story, you are not alone. There's something about our birth culture that makes the sharing of positive stories taboo. But, as Ina May would say, while stories can't tell you what your own experience will be like, they can illustrate how wide the range of normal birth is. That's why birthstoriesondemand.com is such a great resource for preparing for birth. Click on the Read a Birth Story, and you'll find everything from natural birth stories to home births to quick births. While there's plenty of positive options to explore, including sections on midwife-assisted births, the site doesn't shy away from the kinds of stories that help us know the full range of experiences, including perinatal mood disorders. You can also listen to her podcast, watch her new birth stories on Twitter, and of course, share your own birth story if you'd like. You can find the site at birthstoriesondemand.com. Thanks for listening to today's tools for finding the information that's right for you. 
and be sure to listen to Preggy Pals for more great pregnancy tips in the future. If you have a pregnancy resource you would like to share with our audience, call the Preggy Pals hotline at 619-866-4775 and we'll include your resource in a future episode. So that wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Preggy Pals. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Parent Savers, for parents with newborns, infants, and toddlers, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy your way. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new mommy media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.